Hey, everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything, where Pastor J.D. Greer answers your questions. I'm Matt Love, and we have got a bonus episode for you this week, so go ahead and check this out. Years ago, I heard a story about a man named Larry Walters who lived in California. He was your average, ordinary California citizen, if there is such a thing. But the story goes that one afternoon, Larry went out to the Army-Navy surplus store. He bought 75 used weather balloons. He inflated them, and then he attached them to a lawn chair that he had secured to the back of his pickup truck. Then with several friends watching, he climbed into the chair, he settled in, and he had a friend untie the rope. He was hoping, a friend later said, to observe the neighborhood from a slightly different angle and thereby gain a new perspective on his life. According to the story, he took nothing with him except for a peanut butter sandwich, a six-pack of beer, and a fully loaded BB gun. Two and a half hours later, the Los Angeles International Airport reported an unidentified flying object in the skies above LAX at 16,547 feet. That is, what, three miles in the sky? Lawn Chair Larry, as he came to be known, now three miles into the sky and more than 100 miles away from his original launch site. He was completely passed out. In fact, the pilot of the 737 who first spotted Larry said, and I said, well, uh, I see what looks like a perfectly still man sitting in a, is it a lawn chair? I think he might be holding a rifle. In a rescue stunt that would have made Nicolas Cage proud, SWAT teams go up there by means of a helicopter. They lassoed Larry. They ferried him safely to the ground. In case you're curious, as I would be, Larry's intention had been to, you know, untie the rope to lazily saunter up to the right altitude. Then he would use the BB guns to pop the balloons to keep him at whatever altitude that he wanted to be. And when it was time to come down, he'd pop the balloons and it would, you know, settle back down to the ground. What could possibly go wrong with that plan? However, um, according to the story, when Larry untied himself from the pickup, when his friends did, friends said he uh, did not lazily saunter up into the atmosphere, said he looked like he'd been fired out of a cannon, just straight up into the sky, faster than any of them were ready for. Uh, Larry panicked, and then he said that he did the only thing he knew how to do in a stressful situation, and that is break open the six-pack of beer. Around 2,000 feet, half a mile into the sky, Larry passed out because the blood alcohol um, ratios at that point were all off. And so he completely passed out on the ground after being revived back to consciousness. Get this, maybe my favorite part of the story. Larry was issued a $4,000 ticket by local police for the obstruction of airport traffic. The local journalist who took the story down then asked Larry three questions, uh, which is why I share the story with you. Question number one is, Larry, were you scared? And Larry said, yes, yes, I was very, very afraid. Uh, question number two, Larry, would you do it again? And Larry said, no, I would not do it again. By the way, that's how we know he's not from my home state of North Carolina, because if he had been, he'd been like, oh, I ain't scared. I'd do that again. Um, but Larry said no. Uh, question number three, Larry, why did you do this? And Larry said, and I've, I've always loved these words. Larry said, I just was tired of always sitting around. Now, I know you say, hey, J.D., is that story really true? I mean, it has to be. I read it on the internet, right? Uh, listen, I'm sure that certain parts of that story have grown with internet legend, but I, I do know the core of it is true. There's actually an article on CNN about him. And I share that with you now in the midst of this chapter that we're discussing about knowing God's purpose for your life, because I think that what Larry experienced captures how a lot of us feel or what he said there in that 
in that interview. We're just tired of always sitting around wondering if we're, if am I making any real difference in the world? Uh, am I leaving any kind of legacy? Does it matter that I've lived? And so we end up like Larry turning to entertainment or toys or stupid things to fill up our time. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that have bought into what I call the, the Cheerios myth for discerning the will of God. Uh, we discuss this a little bit in the book, but it's where you believe if God really has something special for you, if he has something meaningful, then one morning he'll just spell it out in your Cheerios, you know, be a missionary to the Sudan or be a Christian school teacher. Y'all, I'll just tell you personally, I stared at my Cheerios for years. All they ever spelled out was ooh over and over and over again. Um, that's a myth. That's a myth that that's how God calls you. Now, if God does that in your Cheerios, you should probably pay attention. But here's the actual biblical truth about God's calling. And that is the call to leverage your life for the Great Commission. The call to use your life for Jesus's mission was included in the call to follow Jesus. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, which means when you accepted Jesus, when you accepted the call to follow Jesus, when you became a disciple, a Christian, you accepted the call to mission. And that means the question is no longer if you're called, the question is only where and how. We tell a lot of our, our college students and young professionals at our church, we're like, look, uh, and really um, uh, older adults too, figuring out the call of Jesus on your life begins with the statement, whatever you do well, do it well to the glory of God, but then do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God. God made all of you good at something, didn't make you all to be preachers and teachers and singers, but you're good at something. Whatever that is, do it well for the glory of God, but then also do it somewhere strategic for the kingdom of God. You gotta get a job somewhere, so why not let the kingdom of God be the largest factor in what job you pursue and, and where you choose to pursue it. Lots of factors go into where you get your job, like where you wanna live and where your family lives, and those are all fine, but why not let the, the weightiest of all the, the factors in where you choose to pursue your career, why not have that be where you can be a part of God's great commission, his mission, whether that's in a new place you wanna live, a, a people you wanna reach, or, or somewhere around the world. Thanks for listening. Hear more on this topic from 12 Truths and a Lie, Answers to Life's Biggest Questions by clicking on the link in the show notes below or listening wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything.